Praise the Lord, what a great night in the house of the Lord, children's choir and the presence of the Lord. Well, tonight we're going to go to Ezekiel 37, an exceeding great army. This is a familiar portion of scripture, but who knows, maybe the Holy Spirit can shed some fresh light on it for our hearts tonight. Ezekiel 37, the vision of the valley of dry bones and the bones coming together and the body coming together and being raised up but this is how it ends ezekiel 37 verses 9 to 10 that passage ends with these words also he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to the breath thus says the lord god come from the four winds O holy spirit come from the four winds O breath and breathe on these slain that they may live So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Did I read that right? Shouldn't it be an exceedingly great body? It's only talking about the body, the bones and the joints and sinews and flesh. But God says it's going to rise up an exceeding great army. There's things in this passage, Ezekiel 37, that tell us how to form into an army that you find nowhere else in the scripture. This isn't about weapons of war and armor of God and things pertaining to that kind of dimension. This is a different raising up, and it's very needful in our lives. They stood up upon their feet. After God got finished with these dry bones, These unregenerate people, the Bible says they stood up an exceedingly great army. They stood on their feet, no more broken down, no more bowed down, no more beaten down by the enemy. They stood up on their feet an exceeding great army in the victories of Christ. Well, let's begin at verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. 
It begins with the bones of new creation life. The valley of dry bones. The scene of corpses strewn across the battlefield of life. People overcome by the enemy, Satan and sin. Without God, that is where humanity is. Humanity without God is vulnerable. No match for the enemy. Every person is easily outwitted by the enemy, easily brought down by the enemy. The unregenerate lives outside of Christ, bones bleached on the battlefield of life, broken and scattered. The Bible says hopeless, alone, desolate. That's humanity without God. But into that scene comes the Lord himself. And he says, I'm going to come with my word, and I'm going to speak to these people. I'm going to speak to these dry bones. He said, Son of man, prophesy unto these bones, and they will live. He said, prophesy the word of the Lord upon them. Preach the gospel to them. Put the word of God upon them. Because whatever else we say won't bring life into people, but when we speak the word of the Lord, all of a sudden things begin to change because it's the word of God that quickens life in us and brings us out from death and darkness and the bondage of Satan. It brings us out from hopelessness and desolation scattered across the valley floor. But the word of the Lord began to come on these bones and they began to live. Bone came to bone. There was a rattling. There was a noise. There was a shaking. This is, this is new creation life. Bones coming alive. People that were dead in trespasses and sins like all of us were. Bones coming alive at the presence of the Lord. First is the bones of new creation life. Then we have the joints of supply, the joints of supply, the bones coming together. After we're born again and come into the family of God, we need to commit to some relationships. These are not relationships of convenience. These are relationships of commitment. These are relationships and joinings between brothers and sisters where there is nourishment that is ministered to us and strength that comes into our life. So as the bo bones join, where the joint bones join is a joint, these are supposed to be joints of supply whereby nourishment is ministered into the body and strength to one another and encouragement and life to one another. Colossians 2.19 says, there were some that were not holding the head, Jesus Christ, in a proper position. But he said, from which all the body, by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increases with the increase of God. Let's allow ourselves to be knit together. Knit together, joined bone to bone strengthened in our relationships, strengthened in our commitments. The Bible says that is where the nourishment is ministered, and that is where there's increase that comes from God, the joints of supply. Then we have the sinews or ligaments of peace and love. Ephesians 4.3 says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond. That word bond is the word band or ligaments. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the ligaments of peace. Ligaments hold the bones together. The bones need to be held together, and there are only two things that hold the body of Christ, hold the bones together, and that is peace and agape love, the love of God. 
Colossians 3.14, and above all these things, put on charity or agape, the love of God, which is the ligament of perfectness, the, the bands or the ligaments of peace and love. That's what holds the body of Christ together. That's what holds this church together. Membership cards don't do it. Common interest groups don't do it. Some humanly devised vision doesn't do it. Our good intentions won't hold us together. There's only one thing that holds us together, and that is the peace of God and the love of God working in our hearts. Bones of new creation life, joints of supply and nourishment, ligaments of peace and love. And then we have the nobler viscera, the internal organs, the nobler or the higher viscera, the heart of worship and lungs of praise. Create in me a clean heart, O God. As we rise from the valley floor, God does a work in us, but he wants to put some, he wants to put a heart of worship in us and lungs of praise because we need that powerful praise expression if we're going to be an exceedingly great army. God comes to work in us, put a song of praise in our heart, put our, fill our lungs with his breath so we can sing and shout his praises. He's forming us. He's forming us into something. We have the lower viscera of tender feeling, compassion and mercies, the lower viscera, the internal organs, tender feeling and compassion and mercies. This is something that must be developed in our lives. We must add these things to our life if we're going to be an exceeding great army. We need the tender mercies. We need the tender compassion. Jesus Christ had such a wonderful ministry, such a marvelous ministry, but at the foundation of it was his compassion for broken people. He ached in his spirit. This was something deeper than his heart. This was down in the intestines, in the lower viscera. That's where things really hit us. That's where things really register in our lives. And Jesus Christ had that compassion. This is something we must develop. Say, I'm a bone of new creation life. I'm going to join to the people of God. I'm going to get those ligaments of peace and love upon my life. I'm going to develop my heart and my spirit and my lungs before the Lord. And I'm going to put some compassion in my heart. I'm going to get some tender mercies. I'm going to get some travailing prayer, deep prayer down in my spirit. So Philippians 2, 1 to 2 says, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, and we know there is, if any comfort of love, and we know there is, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. If we're going to be an exceedingly great army, we need to get some compassions into us, some deep feeling and tenderness. Colossians 3, 12 to 13 says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on bowels of mercies. Put on that deep, tender feeling. Put on those deep, prevailing prayers. Put on kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Put on, therefore, 
You're the elect of God. You are holy and beloved. Put on bowels of mercies. Put on kindness. Put on this tender feeling for one another and for those in need and for broken lives. Those are the lower viscera of the compassions of Christ. Well, a body needs muscles, the muscles of ministry. The muscles of ministry, the muscles move the body. The muscles coordinate the body. You can have all those other parts operating that we just mentioned, but you need muscles to move the body. And so the muscles are the ministry. The muscles of ministry. Put some muscle on your bones. Put some muscle on your life. Develop a ministry. Develop your calling in God. Develop your gifting. Strengthen it. Build it up so the body has strength and power. Now, certain muscles relate to certain parts of the body more than others. So you find your place. What muscle of ministry am I? Where is my place? Do I fit in the youth department? Do I fit in the children's department? Do I fit in the outreach? Should I be at the lighthouse? Should I be involved with some mission work? Whatever it is, you say, that's my place. And I'm going to strengthen the muscles of ministry so I can serve the Lord. And so this body can fulfill what it was called to do. We need the muscles of ministry. Next, the flesh and skin. A covering of beauty and refinement. Wow, aren't you glad for flesh and skin on the bodies? <laughs> God says, I want flesh and skin on the body. I want a covering of beauty on my people. I want an excellence on my people. I want a dignity on my people. I want holy excellence. I want a godly character. I believe sons and daughters of God should look like sons and daughters of God. Carriage. I believe sons and daughters of God should carry themselves like sons and daughters of God. They should act like sons and daughters of God. They should speak like sons and daughters of God. Carry a holy beauty. Carry a dignity that speaks well of the Lord. You know, Jesus wore a seamless robe. He was no slouch. He wore a seamless robe. It was so valuable that when they crucified the Lord, the soldiers, instead of ripping that seamless robe into pieces for rags, they gambled for it. It was so precious. It was so beautiful. I believe we should carry ourselves. We should dress ourselves. We should act and look like the sons and daughters of God. Not only our clothing to that extent, but that refinement, that dignity, that beauty, that honor and excellence upon our lives. And finally, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Bones raised from the valley floor. All these different aspects added to our lives. But we must live in a fullness of the Holy Spirit. Lives filled with the Holy Spirit, full of the Spirit of God. Ezekiel 37, 9 to 10. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. 
So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Lives filled with the Holy Spirit, lives filled with the breath of God, wind of the Holy Spirit. Come and fall on us, Holy Spirit. Fire of God, fall on us. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The wind came. The wind came upon these lives. Acts 2, 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. There is a tongue of fire for you, for every person. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A cry for the Holy Spirit, a cry to be baptized and to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. This is part of becoming an exceeding great army, that we are people that are continually filled with the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul said, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Make sure the anointing and the oil levels in your life are high and you're filled with the power and the life and victory of God. A baptism in the Holy Spirit, a fullness of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 20, listen to these words. When Jesus, after his resurrection, came to the disciples, it says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now I think it's certain that when he breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit in this dimension, that this represented the fullness of the new covenant. That Jesus Christ, now having died, been buried, and resurrected again, the fullness of the new covenant was ministered unto those disciples. Receive the Holy Spirit. But they also needed an Acts chapter 2 experience where they were baptized, where they were immersed in the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden the power of the Holy Spirit took hold of them, and they were changed men. There was something beyond the, the John 20 breathing. There was a fullness that they entered into as they waited on the Lord. Both of these aspects are important. Words are wanting, but when we get saved, it's like the Holy Spirit comes into us. But when we are baptized in the Spirit, it's like we go into the Holy Spirit. Immersed. There's a fullness. There's a power of God. Born of the Spirit and baptized in the Spirit. Born again of the Holy Spirit, but then baptized in the Holy Spirit, where we enter into the Holy Spirit and we call on God until we know power and fire and the anointing and the fullness of God rests in our spirit. We're transformed from the inside out. Not only born again, but baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah.
a one-time baptism, and then continual filling. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Not Sunday by Sunday, not camp meeting to next year camp meeting. The inward man is renewed day by day. Every day we get up and we cry out, Lord, for the fullness of the Holy Spirit to be anointed, to be empowered, to be released in the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit's fullness is upon our lives, we are different. We pray different. We worship different. We walk different. We walk in a whole more holy manner. We're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We're more sensitive to the gifts of the Spirit, to charismatic empowering on our lives for signs and wonders and miracles and expectation of the Lord upon our lives and upon our families. The fullness of the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ, the bones, all the functions, all the things that needed to be added. You know, add to your faith, the Bible says. You've been born again, well, add some sinews, add some muscle. Add some heart and lungs to your life. Add the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Then rise up an exceeding great army for the Lord. This is part of becoming an exceedingly great army before the Lord. Worship team, come. And let's close out with Ephesians 6, 10 to 13. Why don't you stand tonight as we read this scripture? Bible says, finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. They stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Let's develop our lives according to Ezekiel 37. These people were filled with the Holy Spirit and all the parts of their lives were together. They became an exceeding great army and so we offer ourselves to the Lord tonight. Let's ask for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Again, there's perhaps some here tonight that have never been filled with the Holy Spirit. You haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit according to Acts 2.4. You've been born again of the Spirit, and the Bible says in Romans 8, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You say, if I'm born again, do I have the Holy Spirit? Of course you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came into you, and you were born again by the Holy Spirit. But there is another dimension where now you are plunged into the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and you know your life is covered and surrounded and enveloped in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's call on God and stay filled with the Spirit every day and seek His fullness in our lives and Live out our lives in that precious and holy manner. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone that needs prayer for any situation tonight, you can slip out from where you are. The prayer team will be here to help you, minister to you. You need a touch from God. You're here and you say, I need to consecrate myself more fully to God. I haven't been walking in the fullness of the Spirit and I know it. 
I can tell my anointing levels are down. I can tell the fire of God isn't burning in me like it should. Well, tonight is an opportunity for you to step forward and come to this altar and say, Lord, I need new fire on my heart. I want to burn. I want to sing my praises. I want to walk in your dignity. I want to walk in your holiness. I want to walk in your victory and power. If you need a touch from God tonight, in that regard, please slip out from where you are. Say, Jesus, touch me tonight. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Set me on fire so I can serve you with all my heart. Amen.